This podcast is brought to you by Online Retailer, Australia's leading retail tech conference, expo and networking organisation. Recorded at the Online Retailer Conference in 2016, here we chat with world-class digital leaders to bring you industry insights, practical examples and actionable ideas from our incredible community of retail renegades, marketing masters and creative entrepreneurs who all want to do retail business big. We want to extend the conversation after the event and to keep exploring where the future meets retail. So let's talk shop. Hi there, and welcome to this episode of the Online Retailer Podcast. I'm Kylie Lewis, and I am joined by Scott Emmons, who's the head of the Innovation Lab at Neiman Marcus. It's a great delight to have you here today, Scott. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolute pleasure. Um, Now, Neiman Marcus is, uh, even for us in Australia who don't actually have Neiman Marcus here, um, is still a very well-recognized name in the retail space. Um, So what a phenomenal brand to to be able to work with. It's an amazing, you know, so Neiman Marcus is my first retail brand that I've worked for. I I came there in 2003, and I have to tell you that uh, I'm pretty spoiled. Uh, It's an amazing (laughs) brand. It really is. Yeah, fantastic. So can we just have a, a quick dive into what your role is there at the head of innovation, the head of the innovation lab because i'm not sure that i've actually heard of a retailer having such a thing so how did what do you do at the lab and how did you get there yeah so let's talk about how i got there first sure. the uh, uh i did not come to neiman marcus as you know head of the innovation lab i i, I came like i said in 2003 uh and i came uh you know information services to help with business intelligence and i was trying to help our merchant team uh you know do a better job right of, of uh, you know predicting what to buy and keeping track of what they bought and you know all those sorts of uh, things you have to do right to be a retailer uh, uh, I actually was engaged for a two-week contract when I came in 2003 <laughs> uh, when I was still there three years later they decided they, they would just keep me uh, you passed probation yeah, I had passed probation in 2006 <laughs> and they hired me on and, and I, I continued to do that support role for about another year uh, and then I got invited to found their enterprise architecture team and uh, what that turned into uh, is really the lab, I think, in the long run, because what we did as, as the enterprise architecture team is we worked on foundational innovation. Uh, and by that, I mean uh, the stores were not ready for, you know, what was happening, you know, with digital uh, and, you know, uh, you know, kind of all this new technology uh, uh, that was coming online. We weren't delivering data to the store in a way that would support that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we could see that, you know, as the smartphone revolution sort of happened, you know, starting around the iPhone, I'd say, right? You know, the first iPhone, uh, that customers were starting to show up in the stores. Not only were they outgunning our sales associates in terms of, uh, you know, access to data and information, uh, but uh, they expected, the customer expected to have access to that data, right? You know, they expected us to be providing that, uh, you know, that gateway, you know, mm-hmm. to the internet for them. Uh, and so get, is it like in very real terms, like Wi-Fi within the store? I, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, they, yeah. I mean, you know, so we're, we have guest Wi-Fi everywhere today. We had it nowhere, you know, when I first, you know, went down this, you know, down this path. Uh, so we had to fix that data connection to the store. It's very complex and uh, uh, a, a long and lengthy project. And uh, to fix that, uh, we is that have, in every store? It, we have well, we have uh, we've, we have robust data connections to every store today. That and is how true. many stores is that across uh, the US? I've got 44 full line stores, about the same number of last call. Uh, those are our off price stores. Uh, Bergdorf Goodman, which is actually a men and women's store, so we actually normally call that two stores. Uh, and then uh, the rest of our business is online business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I have I have uh, 
you know, fix, you know, we, and I say I, we fix the data, you know, uh, connectivity everywhere. Uh, we put Wi-Fi everywhere. Uh, we have guest Wi-Fi everywhere, uh, you know, that customers are going to be. Uh, and our sales associates now have their own smartphone. We bought iPhones for all of them. Uh, and uh, we built amazing apps for them so that they can, uh, you know, now service the customer in every way, you know, using her, uh, her, her mobile device. Uh, so, it, you know, the world's changed from, you know, pretty much no technology, you know, or very little technology in the store to every sales associate's walking around, you know, with a supercomputer in her hands. Amazing. Uh, right? It is, it is amazing. And it's changed, you know, kind of changed the world. And it's also built... It's created the platform, right, where we could try these other, you know, kind of innovative things. We now had the ability to deliver data wherever it needed to be delivered in the store. So now I could try an interactive signage project or a beacon project or, a, you know, whatever, uh, you know, that, that was interesting to the business. Fantastic. Yeah. And I want to talk a little bit about some of the things that you've done um, and, and how I'm really interested because... It, technology enables so much but whether or not it's the right fit for what the business is aiming to do or will or solves a problem that the customer has or whether or not it's, a, it's actually a real problem the customer has I think is really interesting so working in the innovation lab I, you've had a chance to kind of experiment with you know things that have worked things that have happened and and continuing to look ahead so um, one of the things I, th I think I heard you previously talking about was um, beacons you just mentioned there about beacons and and can you can you give us some background as to how you use them and how you actually got to implement them in this? Yeah, and, you know, so I, I, I want to start off by saying we're still trying to figure out how we want to use them. So I, you know, I would say that we're still in the proof of concept stage. So for people yeah. who might not understand what beacons are, they're they're, they're little Bluetooth emitters uh, that uh, if you've built an app uh, that you know runs on a smartphone to listen for. Uh, I can tell when I hear that that Bluetooth, you know, when I when I can hear that signal that you, I must be in a specific place, mm. uh, and so I can make the app, you know, say, oh, I see, you know, I see that signal, so I should show this content, right? Mm. Uh, and uh, you know that uh, I might put that emitter in front of a particular brand of shoe, and you know, show a promotion about that shoe on the user screen when they're close to it, mm. as an example. Uh, you know, if I, uh, you know, some retailers might want to do a coupon. I mean, coupons are not really, you know, necessary what we're, you know, our first thought of things. Mm. Uh, but, uh, you know, we might want to give you information about the brand. Or we might want to welcome you because you're right in front of our restaurant. And we want you know, to talk about, you know, you know, some great, you know, specials that we're having in the restaurant today. Mm. Uh, you know, these sorts of things. So, you know, it's, my, it's, it's about micro-location, really. And uh, uh, if I know exactly where you are, then I can give you, you know, very relevant content. Right, you know about your position in the store. You know, I think you have to be careful with it, right? Because there is a perception, you know, you know, from some customers, but maybe that's invasive, you know, on their privacy. So, uh, one of the things you have to be sure with technology like that is be upfront with the customers that you're doing it. Uh, you don't try to hide it. You don't, you know, you, you tell them what you're doing and why you're doing it and what it means, and it's always got to be opt in. Mm. not opt out mm. uh, you know they have to decide okay that sounds cool or there's a value in that for me I want to do it uh, and for those that aren't comfortable with it that's fine we, we you know, that doesn't mean that we should not be serving them we just won't serve them with that technology mm. yeah so yeah. that just raises an interesting thought in my mind in terms of the innovation lab where do you sit within the business because that's obviously fantastic for marketing to be able to for the marketers to be able to target specific customers with specific messages as at a 
specific point in time in the store. But um, where, who, do you, who does the Innovation Lab actually report to? You know, I think we're still sort of finding our way on what the best way for that to work <laughs> is. I'm going to go on record saying, but the uh, I, I report, you know, th- up through the Information Services uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, organization uh, with lots and lots of dotted lines, you know, over to marketing and store operations and senior executives and uh, uh, our deep analytics guys, uh, you know, so uh, I, I have lots of people calling on my time or looking, you know, to, uh, to, to leverage the lab uh, uh, to help them with projects. And by the way, that goes both ways because I'm looking for help from them uh, as well on lots of things. Uh, you know, but, uh, you know, the initial, I think, push from Michael Kingston, our CIO, was uh, he wanted IT to have a seat at the table, you know, as we were figuring out how we were going to, you know, build a store that served the customer of the future. Mm. Yeah, and, and as opposed to just being, a, you know, a basically order takers uh, sitting around waiting to be ambushed, you know, with requests that we couldn't fulfill because we didn't know they were coming and we didn't have the right tools and budget and other things to, you know, to go out and help the business, mm. uh, uh, you know, accomplish, uh, you know, the goal, right? Mm. So uh, by having a seat at the table from the get-go, right, you know, we work in partnership and, you know, we can, you know, uh, uh, work together and say yes a whole lot more often, I think. Fantastic. So you also, um, I've heard you talk about um, how you've worked with the merchandising team, specifically with using RFIDs um, to help them also make sure that they've got all their products out on display. So can you explain a little bit about what that project was? Yeah, so the RFID, uh, so it's shoe display compliance is what we call it. It doesn't sound that exciting, uh, but it, but it, it was it was a neat project because it, it definitely had a provable return on investment to go do it. Uh, and essentially, uh, you know, the goal was uh, we sell lots and lots of lady shoes. You know, have lots of styles, thousands. Uh, you know, in some of our you know larger shoe salons. Uh, and uh, the stores thought they were pretty accurate about getting all those styles out on display, and it turns out that maybe uh, you know they weren't quite as accurate as they thought they were. Uh, that uh, you know when we tested the accuracy, we saw that about 85%, somewhere in that range, uh, of the shoes that we had available for sale were actually represented out in, on display. And it, it, you know it's really difficult to sell a pair of shoes that you don't know you have, right? Uh, so uh, uh, what we decided we would do is put an RFID tag on each pair of shoes, uh, gave the uh, associates a hand scanner and uh, the, the associate can scan the department in about five minutes or so. Uh, and then a Delta report, a, a report of everything that's missing uh, is produced for the associate and they can go back to the stock room and retrieve those styles, tag them up and put them out on display. And over time, you know, over a few repetitions of that, you get up into the high 90% range of, of display compliance. Uh, and uh, you know, when they're out there, the the customer can see it for sale you tend to sell them right Mm -hmm. so uh, we could prove the ROI on that you know we could we could see uh, we could measure the lift in sales when we uh, increase the display compliance terrific with the shoes you know there's another part to that story I didn't really tell when I talked you know to the to the conference folks and that is uh, you would be amazed at how difficult it is to find the right adhesive to place RFID tags on ladies' shoes when uh, they can be made of leather, they can be made of, you know, they can have a rubber sole, they could have a glitter sole, they could have, uh, we really, you know, struggled to find the right adhesive that wouldn't damage the shoe that allowed us to, you know, to actually put the, the, the tag on the shoe. So, yeah. you know, sometimes, uh, you know, doing these innovation projects, you, you know, things that, you know, look like, you know, before you get started, it'll be easy. You know, end up being the really hard part. The glue. Know, the project. Yeah, the glue. <laughs> the adhesive was really hard. Yeah. Don't worry about the technology yeah. all behind yeah. it. Just get the glue right. Yeah. Um, so another innovation uh, um, that is really hot right now is the memory mirror. 
that you were talking about? It's by far the, you know, I, you know, I think it's gotten the most attention, uh, mm -hmm. the projects that we've done, uh, no doubt. Uh, and the reason it's gotten the most attention is because it's, you know, I think it's a once you discover what the memory mirror is, which is basically ability of the, gives you the ability to record your try-on, review them yourself, compare your try-ons side by side, and share those try-ons with others that you might want their opinion on how this thing looks on you. Uh, uh, that's a real, you know, uh, uh, it solves a real problem. You know, I, I don't have to stretch, my, you know, my neck around trying to figure out, you know, what the back of the, you know, the dress looks like. Uh, I don't have to have my friend, you know, you know, run around me in circles taking pictures, you know, for me to go review. I can just stand in front of it, do a quick little twirl, and I've got the whole story uh, about the outfit, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I think everyone recognizes, you know, when they see the mirror that, hey, you know, that's a pretty good idea, and it's pretty simple. Why did I think of that? Mm -hmm. the, uh, uh, so customers love it. Uh, uh, and, you know, uh, some customers want to use it for that, you know, the practical part, and some younger customers want to play with it as a giant selfie machine, and that's okay, <laughs> and I'm fine with that. Uh, you know, we've actually had a, a mother drive her daughter from Houston, Texas to Dallas, Texas. That's about a four-hour drive uh, just to bring her up to have a birthday party with the memory mirror, as an example. Uh, you know, so, you know, customers are really, you know, really excited. Uh, by, the, by the way, I put one down in Houston so they don't have to do that. <laughs> uh, but the... Uh, really excited about it and the press has been really excited about it as well so they've you know I, I don't know how many thousands of articles have happened uh, but literally there have been stories about the memory mirror project around the world and that's why I you know get have been invited to places like Sydney uh, you know to come and speak about innovation because I think it got the word out about the name of Marcus iLab it really helped evangelize to the world that you know we were doing some interesting things uh, mm -hmm. in the lab yeah. and have you got an ROI on that yet uh, on the mirror mm -hmm. so uh, <sighs> Proving that you you know that you tried on the outfit in front of the mirror and then tying that back to the transactional sales uh, is fairly in, uh, involved uh, in tying it into the back-end systems that measure that. Uh, but don't get me wrong, it's not that the business doesn't want that correlation. Absolutely. They do, and we're working on it today. We actually uh, there's a, uh, we're working on the back-end. Uh, pieces that are required to make that proof today. Mm. Yeah. And, and you're investing in looking at using it in other categories as well? Well, we are. So uh, we're about to launch a project uh, with uh, Luxottica and Memory Mirror to do a sunglass try on a, a countertop small version of it. Uh, and Luxottica is super excited, you know, about it and, is, and you know, has partnered with us uh, uh, to go out and, and deliver this experience. So we'll, we'll pilot that in five stores uh, here in just a couple of weeks. Fantastic. Yeah. So great. Now, in, in any innovation lab, there are going to be things that don't work out. Um, and having that kind of, you There's know... lots of things that don't work out. Yeah. <laughs> well, can you talk to us a little bit about that? Well, I mean, the example I normally give is, uh, you know, we did this thing called the fling wall, uh, where uh, we created this beautiful kind of multi-screen piece of digital signage, very sculptural. Uh, and uh, we uh, integrated it with our iPad lookbook. The iPad lookbook is, a, 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 is an app that lets you browse product, uh, Neiman Marcus uh, product. Uh, and you could take your finger and when you were looking at a picture of a product and you could flick it towards the, the fling wall and it would appear up on the fling wall and you could build these little collections of uh, uh, different items. And we thought this was going to be a really fun way for you know, uh, uh, shoppers and sales associates and their friends to all collaborate right, on things that they were interested in. Uh, and so we built it and everybody loved it, you know, the concept and, and we installed it in one of our busiest stores uh, and uh, really had very little usage of it. Uh, it just nobody did it. Nobody it, flung. Nobody flung. The, uh, you know, we put a lot of work into it and created a beautiful experience and, and it didn't, you know, it turns out it didn't solve a problem for the customer. 
they didn't use it. So we pivoted and turned that into just a piece of beautiful digital signage that we keep up to date with current you know, uh, you know, items that we have for sale. And we took away the iPads and the flinging capability and we moved on. Mm-hmm. Uh, is the idea so you know uh, you know every failure is a learning you know and I think you know especially when you're talking about technology uh, just because the technology didn't work that way doesn't mean that you can't uh, uh, find something else to do with it all is not yeah. lost yes all it's typically all is not lost yeah um, and I just I find that so fascinating that um, you've actually got the license to be able to try and experiment and and have you know that have a budget that enables you for that little. It bit takes of a real cultural change. I mean, I, and I'm sure lots of you know uh, people that are listening you know have the same you know sort of culture in their business that the failure is not an option culture, uh, and it's. You know, I think a lot of people in the innovation space, you know, talk about that you've got to learn how to fail and fail fast and fail cheap and all those things. And it's real easy to say it and it's real hard to do it. Uh, It's hard to do it because of the culture of business. uh, And it's hard to do it because you put your blood, sweat and tears into a lot of these projects and you really, really wanted to work. And you know what? You just have to get over that and and you do have to say, okay, this isn't working. We're not going to put any more resources into it. We'll, you know, we'll mark this down as a lesson learned and we'll move on to the next thing. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Um, so, you know, part of that is understanding what problem are we really solving? Uh, and, and I've heard you speak about that where you've talked about the sort of the two guiding principles that you have when you're looking at technology, which might, which might do stuff, but how do you evaluate yeah. whether or not it actually is worthwhile exploring? So, so don't get caught up with chasing the new and shiny uh, that's because that, that'll often be a dead end. Uh, it is, you know, does it solve a problem? Uh, you know, does it enhance the, the relationship you have with your customer? Uh, and then you also have to think about the practical stuff, you know, can you afford it? You know, can it scale? Can you support it once it's in place? Uh, you know, guess what? It's technology is going to break. So what, what happens, you know, when that happens, how do you fix it? And uh, you can't rely on your store. It will sales break. Associates. It's it technology. Will. Absolutely. It will break. Will. It will break. Build that in. And, you know, you know, your store associates are probably not technicians, right? <laughs> you know, so you have to, you have to know that it broke remotely and you have to have the services in place to go fix it quickly. Mm-hmm. There's nothing, you know, uh, you know, I think it's uh, uh, you know bad for your brand and have broken technology in your store, mm. right? You know, so uh, uh, you know all that practical stuff comes into play as well. Mm, fantastic, um, and you gave such a great example of how to be useful. Um, in talking about the charging stations that you have inside the stores, which I think is genius. It's a good story, right? Because it's it's not initially sexy when you think about a uh, you know a phone charging station, but uh, when you think about it in terms of it, you know it. it keeps my customer happy because she can get her phone charged back up and if when I'm 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 one of those that uh, as soon as my phone's down you know below you know 50% I'm starting to freak out right the switch yeah yeah oh god where's the, you know where can I plug it in right uh, so we take away that problem for the customer right uh, in fact you know since it's in a nice secure place she can or he could go comfortably shop uh, you know throughout the store not worry about the phone and they tend to stay longer and then when they stay longer they tend to have a bigger basket when they go to check out uh, so, uh, you know, we get to offer a service the customer needs and there's an economic benefit to us uh, in return. There were so many touch points with that. So the charging station itself um, becomes a marketing communication. It does. I mean, you, you, have to check your, you have to check your phone in, you have to check your phone out. So, so you, a, I can message the customer during both of those. Uh, you can wrap it, uh, you know, the actual physical device and, and have a sponsor. Uh, and so I can help, defeat, you know, uh, 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 dissipate some of the costs that way. Uh, 
we can do new customer acquisition, uh, you know, using this device because they are using their phone number and email to kind of secure their device in there. So I can look and say, oh, I don't know that person. Uh, and, uh, you know, we can do some special things, right, to, you know, try to, you know, bring them into the fold, of, uh, you know, to be an email market shopper, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we can uh, push our loyalty program. I mean, there's all sorts of things, uh, you know, that we can do. Uh, uh, with this very simple device, basically, yeah. Yeah. which doesn't seem sexy, but solves a, a, a really painful point. It's for fantastic, other and you know, there's a lot of other retailers that have jumped on the board since we decided to go with it. Uh, you know, so we, I'm pretty sure we made the right choice to do these. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Um, one of the other things you yeah. also talked about, which um, coming from a, a market, a digital marketing background, and, and working in retail, was that technology can often look ugly. Um, and one of the things that you also have spoken about is that form and function need to go together. In my stores, it does, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you go to an even market store, uh, you know, the visual team, and you know, there's a whole team of, you know, artists really that, you know, design that store. And, uh, you know, there's marble and, you know, uh, uh, you know, beautiful fixtures and, you know, millions of dollars were spent to make that store beautiful. I can't just, you know, you know stick a, you know, a, a screen on the wall and say, ha, look, technology. Yeah. Uh, it's got to, you know, my technology also has to fit into the decor right uh, of the store it has to fit in it has to have that luxury feel so that's the problem you know if i worked at you know at a discount pharmacy or something like that you know i'd have a different set of problems that i would have to solve yeah Yeah. so you talked about um having almost like a a, a kiosk which was um embedded in this beautiful wood table the 4k touch so yeah the the table actually cost more than the technology in that particular (laughs) project it did it was about two times more than the technology yeah yeah Yeah. but it looked beautiful in store it was gorgeous yeah i knew it i I, I actually saw that table at an nrf show in new york and i was like oh my god that's beautiful we're gonna do that so yeah yeah. fantastic so we've talked a lot about um the technology that is in store have you got any little tips or insights or exciting things that you're doing for your online customers well you know i think there's a lot of opportunities and we you know we have a very big uh, our, our online business is pretty big it's, it's th- almost approaching 30 percent of our total business so there's a huge team uh you know and they're pretty innovative in and of themselves I, I don't get to play with the online folks as much as i get to play on the store side just just sort of the way it's worked out uh, but every now and then they let me play uh and uh uh, you know, uh, we've got some things we've done integration with the mobile app and SnapFind Shop, which is a visual, you know, take a picture of a thing and just you can search for the item just on the picture. Uh, we've done the Beacon projects that we talked about earlier. Uh, we've done integration even with Memory Mirror. Your videos, uh, when you take them on the Memory Mirror, they automatically go to your Neiman Marcus app uh, on your phone. And so that was a project we did uh, through the lab. Uh, and then, uh, you know, for the website itself, there's some things coming up I can't talk about yet. They're coming. They're coming really <laughs> soon that are going to be super cool. Yeah. Uh, and then there's some behind-the-scenes things that you, as a customer, might even know we're doing. Uh, you know, I've, I've uh, brought some technology, uh, you know, to Neiman Marcus that we uh, are testing today uh, that give the uh, online chat agents a much better view of what you're doing. And, 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 and so with that context, you get a much more satisfying chat experience, you know, as opposed to just a, you know, what do you want? Because I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know I, I have a pretty good idea what you want based on what you were browsing and and so forth and so on. We can we can do some things to make the ch- the online chat experience much more like talking to a sales associate in the store, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so we're really excited about that. Uh, is that, so so is that sort of been tracking what you've been looking at on? on well, what, really, it's it's not as creepy as that. The uh, uh, <laughs> it's it, it's not. Uh, it gives the 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 chat agent you know kind of an avatar. 
Uh, and if you were shopping for handbags, uh, it, she sees that our agent sees a kind of a picture of a, an imaginary store and your avatar is standing in front of the handbag section. Mm -hmm. uh, and I know that uh, uh, you're a, pre, you know, a returning customer or you're a new customer. There, there's pieces of information about uh, you as well. And so, uh, uh, and, and, you know, so I know you're a new handbag customer. I can open the conversation in a much different way than uh, if you were an existing customer that only buys shoes, mm -hmm. right? You know, I can, I can tailor the conversation to you. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Um, and finally, you know, there's a, there's a lot of talk about the store of the future and, you, you know, what that might look like, but what's your take on that? Well, that's my tagline, by the way, you know, and it's not, it's not about store of the future, it's about customer of the future. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, I served on several store of the future committees uh, and then about Michael, again, Michael Kingston, you know, who is gave, who's the one that gave me the marching orders to start the lab. Uh, he was like, yeah, you know, it's not store of the future, it's customer of the future. And I was like, yeah, you know, that's, that's so subtly different, but it's, it gives you a whole different perspective uh, about uh, uh, how, what you should be focused on. And it sh you should be focused on the customer. Mm. Uh, if, you, if you get it right, you get that right, the store of the future is just going to fall into place. That's right. And yeah. particularly with the changing nature of retail. Yeah. So, you know, where are we in that retail cycle or is it a cycle or is it a fundamental shift of what's happening? Well, right? you know, I think there's a lot of opinions about that. You know, is it, uh, is it a fundamental shift? Is it just the normal, you know, cyclical, you know, thing that, you know, happens with retail sales or is it a little of both? And, you know, my own personal opinion would be it's probably a little of both. And uh, part of the job of the Innovation Lab is to figure on the, on the part about, you know, customers or, or some customers anyway want to do it a different way than traditional. I need to help our business figure out what that is and deliver it for that mm. customer. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. It's been great to talk with you today, Scott. Thank you so much All right, for sharing fantastic. your insights with us. Thanks. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening. If you've loved what you've heard today, make sure you're subscribed at onlineretailer.com.au to be the first to know about Australia's best e-commerce events.